Levine will step into the cage with Brendan Tobin in Are You Gonna Fight Me? I'm gonna fight your ass. Here on Tapped Out. That's right, fight me like a man. Only on the BetQL Network. You know the rules. I want a good, clean fight. When I tell you to break, I want you to step back out my command and break. And I go back to the corner and come out fighting at the bell. I've been stressed out all day. I got to fight somebody. So, sorry, BT, you're the guy. Brendan Tobin, Sports Machine Sean Levine. Segment's called You Gonna Fight Me. BT, you're going to fight me if I say, I think Triple C should have had a warm-up fight before fighting for the belt. I get it. When he retired, air quotes, he was the champ. But there's a long line in front of him. Uh, okay, so you're saying that it's just unfair he's getting a title shot right away? Rather than yeah, you think it's I mean, just too much yeah. too soon. No, not too um, much too soon. Unfair. Come back. Have not even not even a tune-up fight. Fight like one of the top dude, fight any of those guys. You know, fight Cheeto, fight, fight Sean, fight any of them, and then fight for the belt. I can see it both sides. I think the thing that's that's tough is anybody usually of his stature who comes back gets an immediate title shot, and it's you're gonna punish triple C because he's in a loaded division. Nah, I feel like he's deserving of getting a title shot right away. I, I'm not as excited about it because I'm like the biggest Triple C fan in the world, but he certainly, I think, deserves to have a title shot right away. I don't think that he has to wait his turn because the thing is, in this division, when is the turn? Like, I don't think we're ever going to be happy with it. I think I'd almost rather give everybody else one more fight, let's settle the dust a little bit, and then, you know, either he's going to be on top or you know, or, or Aljo's going to still be there. So I'm, I'm, I, I get your point, but I, I think that it would be unfair for triple C to have to, to, to bow out just because it's a loaded division. Well, just to play devil's advocate, what about those guys that are at the top of the division? Isn't it unfair to them that triple C just decided, Oh, I'm going to unretire, jump back in the USADA pool. And then he gets to fight whenever he's ready, essentially. Like, what about Sandhagen? What about Cheeto? What about Sean? What about all these different guys that have worked their way up to fight for the belt next? I mean, it feels like, especially with Sean, we're just kind of in this holding pattern right now because he was essentially told, or at least he told us that he was told that he's going to fight for the belt next. So like you're saying, when is next? Yeah, here's the thing, though. It's not like, you know, it's not like Damian Maya back in the day where he had like six straight wins and he was being screwed out of a title shot because he was boring to watch. Like, all right, good for you, Sean O'Malley. You beat Piotr Jan by the by very, very close margin. He can wait a little bit, or if he doesn't want to, you know, take a take a fight and and make yourself undeniable. But I don't think I don't think anybody in this division, I think there's many guys who are good enough to fight for the championship, but I don't think there's quite anybody yet who's like you know, has an undeniable resume. So I, I think it's okay. While there's still a ton of great guys, I think it's okay for them to all settle the dust too. What about Cheeto? Doesn't he answer everything you just talked about? Not only did he beat Sean, but he hasn't lost a fight since 2020 against, you know, the great Jose Aldo. It is a very interesting conversation. Who ends up fighting for the belt? And then I guess my next question is, you're going to fight me if I tell you that Aljo is the most disrespected champion that I can ever remember in any weight class. Brings a lot of it on himself, though, man. Like, I think that that's the thing, is is he's disrespected. A lot of these guys do. Think, nah, not like him. I, I feel like he's brought a lot of that on himself, and I think that he is very, very good. I don't know what happened to where, like, Aljo got to this point where he was, you know, going to play the heel or 
not worry about what fans care about him. But I do think that he, uh, I think after he got that belt by the way that he did and he was, he seemed to handle it great that night. And then for whatever reason, he decided to take this victory lap, which nobody wanted him to take. And I don't know if he just felt like, oh, this is more buzz. People care about me more because if you can deal with being the bad guy, it's good business. But no, I, I don't think he's disrespected. I think that he's brought all of that disrespect upon himself. I think that that's that's part of the uh, that's part of the the the, the story with Aljo. Uh, speaking of disrespect, Chael Sonnen blasts Conor McGregor and says that there's no way that he's going to be a good coach. And you know what, man? Like after seeing some leaks from Tough, I tend to agree. It just feels like Conor's good at a lot of things, but coaching is not one of them. Yeah, I heard a little bit of that too. Like he was uh, he was upset that he was apparently drinking uh at the at the tough house and that he had leaked stuff like that that when you're a coach you know you have to carry yourself a little bit more i don't know i don't know how much people really expect the tough coach to actually coach i don't know if you go into that season like i think if you're on that season you should probably realize hey i'm gonna get a lot of exposure because conor mcgregor's here i don't know how much conor mcgregor's gonna help me with my jab so i think uh, i think it's it's an okay thing jake you're okay with it or you're uh, you're down on it well, so I'm sorry to interrupt. Are you going to fight me? This is a sacred segment that I do not belong. But I saw that uh, there was a report that came out, MMA Mania and Bloody Elbow 2. Conor McGregor was apparently stumbling around on uh, some proper 12 Irish whiskey on set of Tough 31. So this whole thing really scares me as a Conor fan. Uh, you just, yeah, I mean, he's are you that surprised? Yeah, are you that, yeah, what? Conor McGregor's partying, drinking his own booze? What? What part of it surprises you? It's, almost it's just he hasn't no learned count. yet? He hasn't learned? No, 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 no. And also the thing about Connor that I'm starting to learn, guys, is that we thought back in the day we kind of knew what his personality was, right? Like he was just a super tough Irishman that, you know, was always willing to fight. Because And also, to be fair, when he lost early on in his career, like when he lost to Nate, he was really humble. When he took the microphone afterwards, he was complimentary to Nate. He was uh, introspective, if you will. Wow, I didn't even know I knew that word. And now he just, thank you, buddy. I don't even think he knows who he is at this point. I wonder, BT, if winning takes him back to the Connor that we used to love, opposed to the, your wife's in me DMs. I don't think anything can ever be quite like the first time you get there. I think a lot of guys are realizing this, that that first rise of the title is always the most special. What he did was really special. I don't think, I don't know if anybody can encapsulate that ever again. Um, I also think it's way different to be one of the most famous athletes on the planet and try and be in a reality show. Like you're not already like you, like Conor McGregor doesn't need the ultimate fighter. I'm a little surprised he's honestly doing it. Um, so to get through that, you know, is he is he getting to the sauce? Yeah, we know Conor McGregor likes to party. If you guys didn't know that, newsflash, he likes to party. So I don't know. I don't. Yeah, if you guys think he, that there's ever going to be that time where Conor gets back to being one of the best pound for pound fighters on the planet, I think that time's over, and it's okay. What he did was magical and special, and will forever live in UFC history. Um, that's why we're all going to tune in to see him. But I don't think he's ever going to be the guy where we are going to consider Conor McGregor one of the best to do it. He hasn't looked like that guy in a very long time, and now he's coming off a devastating injury. And, yeah, he seems to like to party. You want to know why? Because he has hundreds of millions of dollars. So he's going to party. 
you know what it feels like? I don't know if you've ever been in, you've had, you know, been married happily for a long time, but there's a girl that you like, and then you, you, you can never land her. You can never take her on a date. She always shuts you down. And then like 10, 15 years later in your life, she comes back and you want to make it out to be like, she's still the same person, right? She looks the same. She acts the same. You like her the same, but the truth is times change. And my only reason for using that analogy is with Conor McGregor, if you're expecting him to be that guy that you fell in love with when he was knocking out Jose Aldo and when he was taking on Frankie Edgar and Chad Mendez and Dustin Poirier, yo, how long ago was that, PT? Eight years ago? Nine years yeah. ago at this well, point? Just look at the Poirier, just look at the Poirier two and three, how weird they were. Like you mentioned, you know, super Conor weird. McGregor handling handling the Nate like the first lead up to the Poirier rematch, he was super nice with Poirier. He was gonna donate to charity. You know, they were Same thing with as they left. Remember the Cowboys? Yeah. Thing? He borrowed his hat and all. It's not, that's and, not cool. And, I don't. I don't know. And so, I, I felt a lot of like the trilogy was him trying to tap into something. Like he was almost trying to get back to old disrespectful Connor who can you know who can rile up an opponent. I just don't think that guy's there anymore. I don't think he genuinely feels that way. I don't think he's going to feel that way against Michael Chandler. I'm not saying he can't beat Michael Chandler. Maybe he will. But, you know, beating Michael Chandler right now, that's that's a nice win. But it's not, It's not. oh, you're ready for a title shot. It, it doesn't mean you're going to beat Islam. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean you can beat Volkanovsky. It doesn't mean that you could beat uh, – He's. we know he can't beat Dustin right now. Could he beat Charles Oliveira? Like, all of these guys, I feel like, could he beat Benil Daryush? I don't think so. So, and I don't even know if he can make that weight class anymore. We don't even know where he's going to fight. That's the thing that's also crazy about this. But Neil Daryush has a fight coming up against Charles Oliveira. What a banger that's going to be. We'll talk about that coming up later on in the show. You're going to fight me if I say, I think we're going to see Francis Ngannou back in the UFC at some point. It feels like now that it's like a month removed from all that, it didn't really end that dirty. And it doesn't appear like he's got maybe as many options, money-making options as he thought, and he's not necessarily that old. You're going to fight me if I say, I think we'll see him in the UFC again. No, I'm not going to fight you. I wouldn't even be surprised if we see if John wins this fight that he calls him out, and then that, that's the next fight to make. You know, like John had some interesting quotes this week about, you know, it being Francis's fault that they're not facing and that he didn't bet on himself, which is like two weeks after he said he was happy for Francis. So that kind of turn made me feel like, oh, you know, John's going to try and set up a, a monster fight here with his comeback to, you know, make the next fight even bigger. So, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't want to fight you on that. I do think Francis is going to be back, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back before the end of the year fighting John. Masvidal is still about a 4-1 to one underdog versus Gilbert Burns. And for the record, I think Burns wins, and I think Burns takes him out inside the distance. That being said, you're going to fight me, and I don't think you will. Jorge's way too big of an underdog because he's definitely a live wire. Not going to fight you on that. Um, spoke to George this week about this uh, this upcoming fight. The only thing that stood out to me is that I think George does realize that he's 38 years old and does feel like the end is kind of near. So he knows this is do or die. Uh, looks in great shape. Like, looks like he is really taking it uh, very, very seriously. But he knows that this is a guy who's really, really tough. And, and Gilbert has made... Strikers like Steven Wonderboy Thompson, he's kind of neutralized that, but he also has shown a propensity to want to stand and bang. So um, in some ways, I feel like Gilbert can dictate the fight, but if he does want to, uh, if he does want to give George those opportunities, yeah, George is definitely, he, he's, he definitely has the hands advantage if, if it is, uh, if it is able to be standing at any point. Listen to my guy. 
I was talking to Masvidal earlier this week, and he told me this, and he t- must be nice being down there in Miami. Um, you're gonna fight me if I say Cocaine Bear is a must-see movie. I'm going to see it after the show tonight. Oh uh, no, I'm not gonna fight you. In fact, the only thing I'm fighting you on is that I'm jealous that I'm not there with you, buddy. I wish you could come, man. Like I, I would save you a seat. I would buy you a popcorn. I would love nothing more than to have you watching Cocaine Bear next to me tonight after the show. Coming up next. A lot of fights have been announced. We break it down on the BetQL Network.